Happy Wednesday, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Rocketeer Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston-directed feature, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Now, Jim, yesterday we were talking about... uh, about you uh, having some sort of domestic relationship with a married woman, I believe, <laughs> yeah. as you put it. It happens. So I, uh, I wanted to get to the bottom of this. And uh, so in true Jerry Springer fashion, we brought her on the show today. Oh, no. We're going we're gonna to straighten <laughs> oh, no, this out right. once and for all. So, uh, so a big welcome to, uh, to Nancy O'Kane. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I think your listening audience may be familiar with my work on Airport Minute, but <laughs> yes. this is this is my first appearance so, here on the Rocketeer Minute, and I'm very glad to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have uh, have you have the captain aboard, as <laughs> uh, as you were famously known on social media. Mm-hmm. Ah, so uh, yeah, and she's and she's been subjected to uh, the Rocketeer many many times, so she knows it, if not by uh, love, by osmosis. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a fine bit of line, both. isn't it? Yes, that's <laughs> cool. That's how I describe uh, our marriage anyway. So <laughs> it's it's amazing that the tolerant women we found. Yes. Yes, I uh, often refer to my wife as the patron saint of bemused tolerance. <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, my, my phrase is just yes, dear. <laughs> <laughs> sort of a knowing my, nod and then you line. and then you go back on about your life. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, right. whatever. He's in the he's in the back room. He's quiet. It's okay. <laughs> the on the air sign is lit, so yes. I've I've got a half an hour of peace. <laughs> wow. Well, there we are. So, uh, well, we here here we are in the uh, on the top floor of uh, the Chate- Chateau Sinclair, yes. and uh, we're we're watching uh, James Bond pick spinach out of his teeth. Although yesterday we decided it might be soup because somehow it's funnier to have soup stuck in your teeth. Could be, yes, I don't know just, why. The tomato bisque just sliding in and, and out. You know, you would you would think that he would have you know a nice so sort of gunmetal toothpick case or something in an inside pocket next to the chlorothorm and everything else that he's <laughs> he's carrying around with him. But yeah, uh, I, but no, he's just I, using the old uh, the old pinky finger. It's rather unusual that he would he would be that way. I mean, dental floss, as far as I've uh, as I've seen in <laughs> from Wikipedia and other sources right. in the American Dental Association, has been around since uh, eighteen nineteen. You know, it's it's possible that Andrew Jackson could have used uh, dental floss. I, yeah, I, I'm not sure that he did, but uh, and you know, toothpicks uh, have been around since you know the sort of evidence of people using a bit of you know sort of mastodon bone or whatever would have been yeah. appropriate. Uh, you know, goes way back, but. I, I had been uh, just doing a bit of reading about a guy named Charles Forster, who was uh, uh, kind of an aristocrat from uh, Massachusetts, who was doing a lot of business in Brazil. His uncle had this import-export business. And he was down there, he noticed that the natives all had these beautiful teeth. And uh, and he figured it was because they all seemed to have these beautiful handcrafted toothpicks. Hmm. So he sort of, he was kind of the Ray Kroc of toothpicks. Uh, if you'll allow that, he, the Johnny Apple seed or the yeah. Johnny Apple between the seeds between the teeth. <laughs> it's exactly. So he sort of you know talked his way into uh, into a patent and then worked on uh, worked with somebody else to develop machine to mass produce these things. So he's able to crank out all these toothpicks and he was trying to sell them in Boston. This is by about uh, 1870. So he was building these you know cranking up millions of these wooden toothpicks every day. You know, true industrial. Uh, production there, people weren't buying them because people would just whittle their own and they people weren't thinking about buying any kind of disposable products at that point. That really wasn't uh, wasn't much of a thing. Uh, what he did to generate demand was uh, 
he uh, he hired you know young people and they would go into uh, these local stores like stationery stores and things like that sort of dry goods kinds of places and they would ask you know where are your wooden toothpicks and they'd say well we don't have any so they'd leave uh, then he'd go back to those stores where people had been been asking for them then he'd sell them a bunch then the kids would come back again buy the toothpicks and then he'd buy them back or he'd get them back from the kids who bought them and then sell them again to the same retailer wow so he could just keep these things flowing and then for restaurants he uh, it's a little more upscale he'd get you know sort of wealthier Harvard types send them into a restaurant they would demand them and then when they uh, at the end of their meal I said we're sorry we don't have wooden toothpicks they'd you know throw down their napkins and walk out in disgust and promise you know never to come back and then the next thing you know here comes Charles Forster why I can I can help you with this I'll sell you some wooden toothpicks so he was perhaps a little bit of a patent troll and brilliant at creating demand master marketer yeah yes and that's, uh, I'm just going to say, uh, O'Kane's, that's what I know about toothpicks. There, you're, you're right so, on top of it. That's, uh, my my so, knowledge has quadrupled in yes, that. Yes. Now, now so, we yes. all know. Now yeah. we all know, whether you wanted to or not. <laughs> so I know that, and I know that, uh, according to Douglas Adams, when you have to put instructions on a package of toothpicks, that uh, indicates the ultimate decline of Western civilization. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought it meant a lawsuit somewhere. <laughs> uh, well... That could be too. I Some, think we'll... Somebody gets sued for using them the wrong way. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not for yeah, not for digestion. Uh, but uh, and, you know, so he goes with the old pinky routine, and uh, I guess that's a pretty good job. He seems to be pretty accurate. We're up to the master plan of Jenny here, as she's calling Neville in to uh, to do something, anything. <laughs> uh, although I I can't imagine that this would be the first idea of how to do away with an unwanted suitor. Uh, one thing. One thing before we get into this, mm-hmm. I can't stand a double door on a bathroom. I just, I, <laughs> we have we have friends who have double doors on bathrooms, and I can't say who, but it's not right. You need a single door on a bathroom, and not a. I've been in places where there's been saloon doors, where there's been louvered doors. I need a solid door that goes floor to ceiling and locks, if possible. Yeah, saloon door is a big uh, is a big no for me. Uh, you know, in uh, in public restrooms, and you spend a lot more time over than I did. But that's one thing I noticed uh, very early on in the UK was that it was very very difficult to tell if a restroom stall was occupied because even in the public restrooms, the doors went uh, in a stall, went floor to ceiling, yeah. at least where I was. And so there was no sort of discreet, do I see a pair of shoes? No, I can, I can open the door and go in. A- a new thing, at least in ladies' rooms in the United States now, too. They're, they're individual cubicles with a floor to ceiling door. So it's like really? walking into a closet when you go into a stall. It's If you have claustrophobia, I don't think you would enjoy these restrooms. Yeah, I, I've sta- I've stopped at one. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of the uh, the Bucky's chain in the central central U.S., uh, that, which are just these massive gas station uh, palaces that have like 140 gas pumps out front. And they, I, I've noticed that they have floor to ceiling, uh, floor to ceiling toilets with door, you know, doors that go go up to the to the ceiling and. Uh, rather cubicalized urinals, which mm-hmm. was uh, a bit of a surprise. There's like large pillars on either side of a urinal that uh, are kind of out or stalls more than anything else. And it, so, called, so that you can't readily have a conversation with the man standing next to you? Is that what that... Yeah, or in, in the case of <laughs> yeah. you know celebrities like Bill Campbell, you can't have someone ask you for your autograph in the middle. Of the <laughs> right, That's exactly. probably a good thing then. Yeah. Uh, be curious to see what our listeners think. As far as I'm concerned, at the sink is fine. Anywhere else in a in a public restroom, conversation ceases. Yeah. So when the when the door closes or you know the belt is unlatched, whatever whatever sort of the, the first step is uh, yeah. in that yeah, other, process. Other conversation than a cry over. for help, that's about the <laughs> yes, only exactly. Yes. I, I, I don't I don't believe in interstall 
I, I don't know if it, if it's a ladies room thing versus men's room thing, but there is yeah, there is nothing to discuss. <laughs> and as men, Jim, I don't think we're allowed to know. No, that's I don't think true. We're, we're allowed to know really. It's all it's all the big the ladies room is a mystery. Well, women's women's restrooms have. Oh, and there's the dog. <laughs> Rio, hush, Mama's talking. <laughs> I told you we need an all-pet episode of the Rocketeer yep. Minute. I wasn't um, kidding. Let me see if she wants to go out. I'm sorry. Hold on. All right. I'm back. I'm talking oh. and petting the dog with one hand, but I think she's okay now. We were talking about uh, restrooms. and uh... Uh, Yes, and ladies' rooms have two different, very different areas of conversation. When you're in the stall, silence is the rule. But the minute you get out and you're standing there by the sink in the mirror, then anything goes. And women will have the most amazing private conversations with each other in full listening view of 20 other women who don't know them. It's it's an amazing thing. And then I said to him, and then he said to me, and do you know what she did then? And they don't know if their mother-in-law is in one of the next stalls listening or There's a whole doesn't, podcast doesn't matter. So you can be in the stall listening up to whatever's oh, going on. Absolutely. Out yes. <laughs> you never come out for days. Just, wow. That's just a yeah. ah, so oh, there we goodness. are. I, I sense a podcast there. No, that is, is that is yes. the reason why women go to the restroom in groups. It's so they can talk about everybody else. No. And I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that, but that's how it is. So it goes. Another mm-hmm. se- another secret of the bathroom. This is uh, <laughs> all sponsored by watching it. Watching Jenny calling in. Yes, but Jenny's alone in this bathroom, so. Yeah, yeah, that was her fatal mistake, going into the bathroom by herself. Well, and is it even a bathroom? Is it sort of an an old-style sort of dressing room sort of thing that might even be separate? I I don't know, because it's like, wouldn't the closet face the dressing room? Yeah. I don't know. That's true. It's some some Mm. other place. It's some, I don't know, alcove, but just those. I mean, it's got a a, uh, lighted makeup mirror and, you know, it's a little vanity thing like that. Yeah, it could be the, yeah, it's the, uh, where the the fainting couch is and all that, the ladies' lounge. Exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do like how much time between, she says, Neville, could you come in? And the Sure. Yes, exactly. It's a very Bugs Bunny. Just, and it's right there. But what a look! What a what a look, Timothy. I, yeah, you know, I in my mind, I picture myself looking like Timothy Dalton. It'll never. Ha- Sorry, honey, but it'll never happen. But gosh, well, you, what a guy! That's, you do have the mustache. I do have the. I know I've got to trim it more. A mustache. I have a push broom. <laughs> a mustache. And my my hair will never be that color again. <laughs> my hair is the color of Jenny's uh, earrings. <laughs> And there's the title of your memoir right there. Yes, the color of Jenny's earrings. Yeah. Well, to be honest, your hair doesn't sparkle quite so much. No. <laughs> wow. Well, I like where this is going. Yeah. It's, <laughs> married life, folks. It's great. Uh, he's really good there where she needs help moving a, a, a six-inch long zipper the final three inches right. as far as i can and it's not straight up the back like you would traditionally expect you know in in as yeah. the old trope when can you help me with my zipper it's yeah that, you know, that it's does just right seem, there on the side yeah. no but he falls for it anyway so yeah it serves He's, its purpose it does. my wife's favorite phrase about boys which is <laughs> boys are stupid no, <laughs> boys are stupid no. boys are stupid so, no <clears throat> actually you're usually the one who says that and i nod my head in agreement mm, yeah, boys are stupid <laughs> And they're willing to admit it. I yeah, guess it's the other so. the other important thing. I wouldn't say stupid so much as boys are easy. Yeah, they're just <laughs> gullible. Just fall for anything. I'll buy uh, that. Is that a likely place for a zipper on such a gown? 
it is a known place for it. Yes, it gives you the, the smooth back without the possible bump and twist of a zipper. It's just one solid piece and the same for the front. And the zipper is hidden most of the time, so you don't notice it because it's under her arm. So it, that is a thing, yes. I am not a as good a sewer as you are, but I happen to notice that the, I forget what they call that part that goes around the, 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 the cloth that goes around the zipper. It just mm-hmm. looks like a real bad puckering job on that, where that zipper was installed. That part of that is because she and he are both pulling at it, trying to undo it. The The dress itself is beautiful. That is that is a custom designed dress. And have we established in the movie why somebody with very limited income has such a beautiful dress to wear on a night out? We never got where she got that from. I'm assuming that she got it from uh, Central Wardrobe uh, at the place that she was working at, which would be uh, Warner Brothers. Oh, okay. Uh, doing so it's the laughing not, bandit. She might have swiped it's it. It's not her own dress. Uh, that makes sense. But it's, it's <laughs> fitted beautifully to her body. That is not off the rack. And I'm incredibly envious of the way she looks in that dress. <laughs> I always thought that maybe too either she either it came from uh, came from the wardrobe department at work, maybe one of the other girls in the house, uh, Mrs. Pie's house uh, had it and borrowed it and and loaned it to her, but uh, uh, but as you say that it's such a perfect custom fit. Yeah. So Yeah. Well. Yeah, the part where he's unzipping it and she's running her hand down across the front, you can tell there's it's exactly fitted to her body. It's beautiful. Yeah, the the cut. I mean, like you're you're looking at the the darts at the waistline and things like that are just almost invisible. Mm-hmm. And I really know way too much about sewing, don't <laughs> uh, it, uh, But it's it, yeah, it, it is a remarkable thing. And plus, working with that fabric, which I am assuming is silk, be a, a difficult prospect. I'm uh, sure it's it, meant to be silk. It may actually, you know, the, for the movie, it may actually be some form of polyester, but. I think we're meant to believe it's pure silk. Yeah, and uh, it's got the, uh, I'm assuming it's like a built-in bra or something that's part mm-hmm. of the outfit and things. And yep. just, uh, yeah, and that's another part that's perfectly fitted. Yeah, so, you know, whenever possible, be thin and 19 and yeah, <laughs> it's just a lot of things. Um, <laughs> Always yes, be you yourself know, you know, like unless you'll, you can be You'll never be Neville Sinclair. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> I will never be Jenny. <laughs> Honey, you're just, you're just fine by me. <laughs> Wow. She she comes up with com- coming over with with the sudden overhand uh not a right hook but she yep. <laughs> kind of an yeah. overhand fly, kind of it's a cricket a uh throw. Very smooth move. Yeah. Very much so. And yeah. you know, just as she's grabbing for that that vase, we get another look at her charm bracelet. A couple of things yeah. we don't see as much. We see the the heart and then there's uh interesting that she's got the comedy of the comedy and tragedy faces for her, you know, her work and acting, but uh yeah. You know, I don't see a tragedy face, and I'll have to look again at. Uh, uh, we we did get a glimpse at some close-up pictures of the original uh, original prop at one point, so I'll have to look and see if, if there is a tragedy face on there as well. But I'm kind of kind of nice just to have the happy one. I'm fascinated by the light fixture that's just to the left of her. That's this short uh, fluorescent bulb, which actually can, might be a neon bulb. That is. Uh, oh, it may well be. It's it's embedded and, like a torch. Right, and then earlier in the scene. Uh, at about second 15, you can see the top of the bulb and it, it looks like there's a second one just out of frame, you know, on yeah. both sides of the mirror. Yeah, there's another, you can see a better view of that at second 22. Oh, yes. That there's there you two go. Of yeah, them. you do, you Little do short lightsaber looking things. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but and that's, uh, and that's how we do it. Oh, and, and just as we're scrubbing through here, second 18, there's uh, on uh, Jenny's Charm Bracelet, there's a musical score. Ah, you can okay. see hanging there too, a treble clef and a couple of notes. Oh, which we haven't heard her sing, but who knows? Well, it's, you know, fine and performing arts majors. Yes, yes we, exactly. we, we know some of those in our family. So. <laughs> 
I was thinking as as she is clonking Mr. Sinclair on the head, I, I was reminded of something that I didn't say back when I would have been clever. <laughs> well, it's had, never too late to be clever, Jim. She's getting this is this is her second uh, pounding on the head of somebody with a, a heavy object. And if you remember back at the South Seas Club, she came up behind uh, Lothar with a seahorse. Oh, and, that's right. Yeah, and hit him at the hit him at the lower back of the head and. One of the things that uh, Nancy and I have been talking about recently, that the uh, seahorse in Latin, she's a Latin uh, mm-hmm. student. Uh, what is what is it again for seahorses? Hippocampus. Hippocampus, uh-huh. yeah. So, and it was a statue of a seahorse. And ironically, she was hitting uh, Lothar's hippocampus with a hippocampus. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I can't picture you saying that without uh, without uh, wearing glasses and, and uh, gnawing on a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's what we were both doing that at the time. <laughs> she hit the hippocampus with a hippocampus. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> right. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, so well, she, then, of course, as you said, she clocks him with the... Uh, uh, with the big, uh, the big breakaway, breakaway vase, beautifully, beautiful breakaway vase, like, which uh, uh, that makes me uh, think back to our friend Ryan Johnson, who was uh, an extra on the film and then a, a terrific guest, giving us all kinds of great behind-the-scenes photos and things. But he's now in the uh, largely Break- the the breakaway prop business. Yeah, and if you'd and, like to, if you'd like to have your own breakaway vase or bottle yes. or whatever, I'm, what is his website again? It's New Rule FX. So so New Rule at the letters F and X dot com. And uh, his breakaway vases uh, range from uh, fourteen to eighty-five dollars, and, and you can just knock yourself out, literally, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, or or your friends, you know. So yeah, for a uh, for one that uh, that would sort of match, you know, very very roughly the closest one in the scene, I think it would be about fifty-five dollars. So. So yeah, choose a bar- carefully. A bargain at twice the price. It's just one of those <laughs> things. As uh, as Neville falls to the floor, I can't help but notice, and we watch way too much HGTV. That's a beautiful throw rug that he's got there. <laughs> the area rug is just nice as a low nap and just looks very comfortable. And I, I really like the uh, the flooring, which looks like some kind of a pergo variation. Well, and that rug, too, has uh, another sort of variant of that Greek key, uh, sort of, that Greek key motif going around the outside and the border and that... Yeah, follows that compliments, the yeah, compliments the uh, the that uh, what was the term those those some uh, cement tiles. Yes, on yeah, the walls, it, that sort of brocade. Uh, very nice, kind of ties the whole room together. To quote yet another movie, uh, it, <laughs> it really does. <laughs> and I'm sure Neville Sinclair hired the best designer to plan his whole house so everything coordinates. And well, yeah, technically it's it's uh, a Frank Lloyd Wright house, so he's uh, he's uh, got it all there. He just probably doesn't have any good storage room. Uh, <laughs> And uh, we finally get a really good look as uh, as Jenny leaves whatever room that was. She walks past the reviving brandy table. Yes. And, and uh, we're at the the end of the loggia, that upper that upper floor uh, Frank Lloyd Wright uh, treatment that goes through past the uh, the moonlit beautiful lighting there, the the moonlight shining through the stained glass. Yeah, that pattern on the wall is just is gorgeous. It complements the tile so well. You don't by chance recognize the the painting or the artist uh, from the painting on the back wall, do you? Sort of the abstract pinup, but I'm guessing Picasso of some era. But I was I was always I was automatically thinking Picasso before he got too abstract. But uh, that's uh, about the extent of my art history knowledge, right there. Could possibly be uh, a Dave Stevens in the style of. Ah, uh, that's very true. Wouldn't that be something? And as as Jenny runs along at about second forty three, she goes past this great Art Deco statue, and I haven't been able to identify this one specifically. It 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 immediately makes me think of a nymph. 
Uh, well, uh, I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing wings on the ankles, so I'm thinking either Hermes or Mercury. Oh, sure. I hadn't really noticed the wings on the ankles. It, uh, oh. Looking around, there was uh, an artist named, a French artist whose last name was uh, Gerba, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Certainly did a lot of similar work, but that would have been a very, you know, that's a, a very popular, truly art deco style that would have been appropriate in the 30s but that's interesting i hadn't thought about hermes or mercury actually i have to hit up uh i have to hit up my my history student here is it does mercury or hermes ever carry a sword have you ever that's what that? i'm just looking at and i do not believe that he does so. he is the messenger of the gods i don't think he ever delivers a, a message of death no but, it, uh, it doesn't seem right to me, and I'm thinking nope. it may just be an abstract representation of this is some sort of god you know, standing guard in the corner of the house here. I don't think it's meant to be a specific one. It looked good at the Home Depot, and so, it, you know. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's interesting. Look at statues of Hermes, although this is interesting. I've just found a statue of Hermes in a very similar pose. It's sort of reversed. He is holding, um, one of you will know the name of it, the uh, a staff with that's, uh, um, is it the caducus? I, I can't think of the name. The, the yeah, twin the, snakes around the staff. The caduceus. So the thing we associate with medicine. Yeah, medicine, yeah. Anyway, there's, there's, a, there's a number of pictures of Mercury holding that, which sort of well, and the first thing that I called up just with a Google image search, it says bronze Greek Olympian god Hermes statue. So they're kind of covering all the bases there. But it's a statue of Hermes holding Pan's pipes in his I'm hand. I'm seeing that very so, one, yes. Oh, yeah. interesting. I don't know. It's a peculiar little thing. Uh, we'll have to ask Mike what it looks like if he can send us yes. a close-up picture from his. <laughs> right. Maybe he can loan it to us for further analysis. He does seem, like like you're saying, he's carrying the, the old snakes. and uh, Maybe the snakes fell off. I don't know. <laughs> you know it but does there happen. are many. That could be it. Wait, I think I've spotted it. Uh, Hermes Lost Brass Bronze Sculpture. No, that's that could be the base of, the, like, the base may not have the snakes on it, and the snakes are up right. by the head. Now, are you seeing a statue that where he's got his winged foot, and then it's like he's balanced on the breath of of a disembodied head? As weird seeing, as this sounds, because uh, I'm looking I'm seeing, at one. <clears throat> I'm seeing one called "Portrait of Simonetta Vespucci as a Nymph," and it was. Uh, hang on, let me. Okay, I'm seeing one here where he's holding what seems to be a a long sort of speaking tube or trumpet in his hand, so that he can apparently shout his messages louder, but he's holding it back in his hand so all you can see from the front is the part that you shout through like the ricola guy yeah, oh, that sure. has the, the so maybe we're seeing something like that from an odd angle it's all very peculiar i mean it's somewhere in that ilk i, I think we can kind of go with either a either a figure of mercury figure of hermes but i think it's some hollywood artist's rendition of what mercury would look like yeah we may never know until without actually opening a book. Until, yeah, until <laughs> right. we until we talk. Yeah, until we talk to Mike, we'll never we'll never know. <laughs> I just can't get over how. I mean, I know she has to bump into it, but she's darned mm -hmm. awful clumsy when it comes to banging into large things that are on. Uh, I noticed that too. She's moving her hands along the thing there without looking where her hands are going. Right. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to be that dark. And that hallway, that loggia up there, seems to be pretty wide for her to have to bang into it. And of course, staring down at Lothar down there, who's eating, is it just a big bowl of chicken? It just looks, yeah, he's it looks like just into... A, yeah, just are, are there a plate of chicken and nothing else, which... yeah. He's just finishing off a big, big old bone. You can you can kind of see that. It's just here, Lothar. Here's your plate of meat 
Yeah. Now, you know. Well, he's a big yeah. guy. He needs his protein. Be a good henchman. And I noticed somebody's cleaned up all the daylilies that Neville had cut down the day before. So right. Apparently the, the maid's now, been in. Now, what is in the bowl on that? Uh, let's see. I'd go with apples. They look similar to the apples that he was about to bite into uh, yesterday. Oh, or, yes. Or, you know, uh, earlier uh, on Friday. For some reason, for this angle, they look a little more, more oblique. And all I could think of is, why would he have a bowl of onions sitting out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think you noticed that last time that there was, they looked oniony. Great. Now I'm repeating myself. It's no, all no, over, folks. <laughs> you're underlining it. You're, underlining. <laughs> no, you're making a callback to a previous episode. And the, and the king of callbacks. But when I do it without knowing it, then uh, that that's it. I'm <laughs> All done. I'm spent. <laughs> that was a uh, substantial uh, one of one of the lost pieces of furniture in most houses. The large ashtray, the rather ornate ashtray that's next to the the couch. Which oh yes, was, I can see that there off to the left. You know, such a common fixture even from you know our childhoods. I remember. I, I I can remember my my parents owning several different types of glass glassware that were you know ashtrays and things and I think everybody had a stack somewhere right. just in case there was company coming over if you're having mahjong or whatever. <laughs> Now, looking back at Lothar again, just to his right, is that what he sets the uh, the plate of chicken on, or he's just about to before we cut away? Is that the radio? So we get a better, we get somewhat of a view of from up high, from what I will always think of as the Robert Loggia up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, but every time you say no, Loggia, it looks like remember, but... it looks like it's. If it were a radio, it'd be pretty tall, but... Yeah, it's it's some, it's like a trash can size thing. But it, yeah, again, it could be like the side of a, a radio, and we're not looking at the front of it. Uh, it's from up above. You can just almost get the hint of... Uh, a console, or is that yeah, the brim like of his Yeah, console hat? or something. But yeah, exactly. It's, it's tough to say for sure. I would think that the dials might point to the left, that the face of it maybe... No, that's right, though. When you look at the view from above, you can see something that might be the dials right just behind his face oh when he turns to look up yeah. at, at her when he turns his head a little yep. bit yeah you see yep. like is that a, is that part of the is that part of the chair that he's sitting in no i don't think so i don't think so i think uh, i think it's probably a console a console radio we're going to have to yeah. go back several minutes and stare at the beginning of this movie where they, we right. may have seen it in a previous scene next to the heart. And remind me again, so is this where Lothar was sitting, where we see him just sitting there listening to uh, the radio uh, eating no, no, his he, uh, sandwiches with the crust cut off? That wasn't, he wasn't No, no, because, he, because ne- Neville was calling him from, from that location, ah, sure, actually. Neville's calling from to, here, that's right. Yeah, exactly. He so he's a, that's just Lothar's uh, big henchman guy hangout, wherever that is. That's right. Yeah, he's he's there away from everybody else. Probably 1633 Palm Terrace. Yes. You know, just, <laughs> just conveniently located next door. Of course, Jenny, scared, has to back up and go to the only open door. I wonder what, I mean, I guess I guess Lothar was like, I'll just sit down here and wait for you to contact me. Or what? I'm not sure what his job here is at the time, what, what he's doing there. So, Jim, that chicken's not going to eat itself, That's I think, true. is his job here. <laughs> We've got to consider that. Is it, it is just a plate. I keep looking at it and trying to see if there's anything else. But yeah, apparently he's just on that Atkins uh, all, <laughs> exactly. all protein. Well, that was his first trip to the buffet, yeah. so he took the meat. <laughs> he'll go back the second time for the vegetables, yeah. and eventually he'll work his way to the pudding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does seem like a banana pudding guy, yeah. Uh, doesn't take his hat off in the in, indoors. Well, no. I guess you know, home is where you hang your hat, and this is right. not home. He doesn't take his prosthetics off either. So No, that's true. Know, what do you do? 
That's got to be a challenge to even feign eating with those, uh, with all the prosthetics, all the appliances on his face. And the thing that I didn't even notice was the the scene in between while we're watching him put his uh, chicken up on top. Yeah. It didn't hit me from the time we look at her to the time we get back to Jenny that she's actually gone through the door and is now behind the door. Right. And is, is up to the, uh, it just, it, it hit me as like, she's still looking at a door and somehow this bookcase has magically appeared to her right. It just, oh. it, it, it crossed yep. the axis without my noticing and just kind of like, oh, there's a bunch of books there. Yeah, that is, it is kind of a weird jump there that she's, she's in there that quickly. And yeah. you notice the switch panel with the buttons on the wall. Yeah, the, the push button uh, power thing, which means that there's probably post and tube electric through the entire house. Uh, nice and nice and unsafe. <laughs> Excellent. And of course, we can't make out uh, the titles of any of the books. So the only title I know of is uh, the Conquest uh, of, of Casanova. How how appropriate! It, it's amazing that he doesn't have any new books. He only has he only seems to have. Well, Neville doesn't strike me as much of a reader. I think those are the books that came with the house. Yeah, you're probably right. I think the decorator supplied them too. So these will make you look smart. Mm-hmm, exactly, Mister Sinclair. <laughs> And they all match, so it's you know perfect binding right. stick there. Except for that one. Except for that one, <laughs> and you pull on it, etc. This I, I really enjoy looking at this house and how nice and neat and tidy the the floor to ceiling built ins are. I guess it's not they're not really built in if they slide around. They uh, look built in. Yeah, you're yeah. supposed to think they're they're built in. That's the yeah. that's the key to a secret passage. You know, a gym is keeping it secret. Yes, they they are faux built in. I, I know. Growing up, I always felt that we I would eventually live in a house with a with a wall of shelving that you could you know pull on something and you'd get to the rest of the house with it. But oh, that's you know, still that, on my uh, on my bucket list. Yeah. Absolutely. And a, and a secret telephone hidden inside the bust of Shakespeare. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, 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 that's the knob. Oh, the the knob that that uh, uh, moves the bookcase. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. The uh, so. yeah the, the the telephone would be under a, a, <laughs> yep. a cake covering. <laughs> so you know the uh, the bust of Shakespeare was sort of the only thing I was missing in my uh, office in our last house before we moved out here to Wisconsin. Oh. I had the uh, the light up red phone and you know an original phone from from the era, and then found. Uh, uh, of course, there are instructions online on here's the exact sort of uh, cake holder that you would get yeah. to to look just like it. <laughs> so I had it in there, and then I had the thing rigged up so that when that uh, when the phone would ring, my my home office, a bat signal would flash on the ceiling, and the red phone would light up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh all and that the, to be sold storm windows yeah yeah exactly and that was the, that was the the whole downside of the whole thing is cool the phone's ringing and so i don't want to talk on the phone this is the 21st century i don't, I don't, I don't answer phone calls anymore and so it was sort of a, a downside but i i was missing and it's still if you were to uh, dig through my amazon wish list you'll still see the uh, the shakespeare bust there that opens up with a button and one day i'll have one that does something maybe Someday. maybe i'll have one where you you lift up shakespeare's head push the button and it just hangs up the phone without answering oh. just sends it to <laughs> we, voicemail we do have a not a doorway but a, an entryway from the uh, the front of our house to the uh where the bedrooms are and i keep thinking what an ideal spot for a bookshelf except oh, the dog the dog would very get annoyed and scratch and probably eat all the eat all the books on the bottom shelf so we <laughs> probably can't put it there but yeah i was gonna say we'd run the same same uh, problem with cats it would be yeah. a secret passage except for the cat door at the bottom <laughs> yes but otherwise totally secret nothing beyond here well, nobody if you, make, if you make the flap look just like a you know a 1971 uh, encyclopedia britannica and then just have m <laughs> uh, you know the m n and o and p just yes. have them open up uh, for us, it was uh, it was the World Book Encyclopedia, but then uh, ah. you know Britannica came later. 
Yeah. Did you get the uh, yearbooks after the? At oh the, yeah. Yep. Yes. Got the yearbooks with the and with the, the, over, the yeah. overlaid acetate sheets. Yeah. And now I've got this nice, uh, this beautifully done leather bound uh, sort of reproduction of the very first three volume Britannica from the 1750s. It's just wow. wow. So it's it's a you know it's obviously a brand new uh, newly done reproduction, but it's gorgeous. I had a uh, I had Funk and Wagnalls for the longest time. You we, watch uh, your language, sir. This is a family I, show. <laughs> I had a set of Compton's encyclopedias. Ooh. Nobody remembers those. Oh, Compton's, yeah. My next door neighbors had Grolier's encyclopedia, which of course was the source authority for questions and answers used on Jeopardy. And ah, I was yes. so I was envious. <laughs> oh. Man, I'm messing around for, with this stuff, but it's not good, good enough, enough for, for Art Jeopardy. Fleming. Yeah, it's like uh. my favorite. Uh, you know, since uh, this is the Encyclopedia Minute now, my favorite <laughs> as a kid, and I was able to to recreate or to find another set after ours were lost, but was one called uh, Above and Beyond, and it's the Air and Space Encyclopedia. And it's 13, 13 volumes of wow. just aviation and space stuff i'm looking at that across my uh my office right now i have them in a in another room i can't i can't look at all my space books because that would just be <laughs> i would never get anything done I just right need, i have to i have to read this again we are mostly i'm trying to think if we have rooms without books and i don't think we well the dining room doesn't have books um, except it does now it's got all my school right, books yeah. <laughs> except for fall and spring it doesn't have books. Yeah, i was gonna say i think uh, our bathrooms don't have bookshelves but otherwise every room in our house as well is is uh it's not a room if it doesn't have books in it. Ah, yes. Well, it's, it's latest. The latest issue of Sports Aviation is uh, in at least one of our bathrooms, which is for guest guest readerships. Ah, excellent. So we've, we've gone full. So, um, full surprisingly, I'm sorry, but I'm sitting here in the den and I'm looking around. We actually don't have bookshelves here. We have DVD shelves. Uh-huh. Yes. yes. Well, and then we have here we have the, the lightsaber shelf too. On, in the yes, and my cookbooks are piled in the corner <laughs> here. So technically, yeah. I guess those count. Those count. Yes. You know the uh, the number one. You mentioned Sport Aviation, the magazine I work on. Not to not to drag it into my work territory. The the only significant complaint we ever get about the magazine. Any guesses? Uh, you can't throw it out. <laughs> oh, Jim, you're the I, best. No, it's I can't. Just, I mean, it's, I, just it's that terrible. Good. I have old issues. I'm like, I read this one already, but I want to keep it. Look at the picture. So, that picture that you have this month on the current month is of the B29 of Doc. It's oh, just, that fold-out B29 uh, is gorgeous. I just sit there and stare at it. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> now, the the number one complaint is we we did a major design overhaul in about 2010, and the and the only real consistent complaint we get and it's 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 not enough to uh to drive us to change it it's just the it's just the one that you notice once every few months is somebody will tell us that it's too big to fit on the back of a of a toilet it's too big for the toilet <laughs> tank it overlaps <laughs> So you're going to have a Reader's uh, Digest size. Yeah, exactly. And it's that's that's just not something that crosses your mind or anything. We want a new look for the magazine. We want sort of better quality paper and maybe make it a little just bit bigger. Nobody ran out and measured a toilet tank to say, well, it it can't be bigger than this. So <laughs> Just walk out of the hardware store going, it's got to be this wide, this wide. Exactly, yes. Yeah, no, I, fortunately we have a vanity sink that's large enough to, to contain a, a sport, <laughs> sport aviation. Excellent. It gets in the way of the toothpaste, but... <laughs> as long as you can get to the toothpicks and the dental floss yes everything see? everything's fine see um, now that's a callback on purpose there you go yeah and it, and it works so well so uh, we'll leave uh, we'll leave jenny in her room of uh secrets and uh, uh i'd like to thank my wife for for joining us on this this adventure yes. and i'd like to thank her for being so uh so giving with your time jim that uh, she's willing to put up with your absence and i'm sure your uh your quiet, uh, your your quiet patience while you edit uh, these episodes every night, sometimes rather frantically, <laughs> to the last minute. 
Yes, there's a lot of quiet cursing and muttering coming yeah. from but this. Do, Why does Hal keep breathing? It takes me forever to cut this out. <laughs> I do I do see her at night when she wanders in and says, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and my you know, my response is, I'll be right in. And her response is, sure, sure. So. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I, I have yet to see that time when you are right in because I'm always sound asleep. So <laughs> you're just such a dedicated podcaster. Got, dear. Got, we've got troops to entertain out there. This uh, uh, <laughs> the world is waiting. Everybody's waiting. So many minutes, so little time. But uh, we will. Is it really Wednesday already? Wow, we, this week is flying by. But uh, we will be back uh, tomorrow with even more. Inter- we might have interesting guests. Well, no, no matter what, we'll have interesting people. And even if it's just me and Hal, exactly, we'll try to be more interesting. So we're going to talk about the conquest of Casanova. So expect a lot of details about Casanova and things as soon as we get back from Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you'd like to join us on our conversation here about uh, everything from uh, post and tube uh, electrical systems to uh, what you talk about in the ladies' room. Uh, we're always open for conversations <laughs> out there on social media. Find us on Twitter at Rocketeer Minute. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rocketeer Minute. Find us on the big site, rocketeerminute.com, where you can find this and previous episodes and also some cool swag from Amazon. So you can uh, read all, you can order anything that you want about any of the subjects we've talked about. I'm sure that they have a search thing out there. By the way, if you're, if you're interested in typing things in a search bar, uh, type in Rocketeer Minute on either iTunes or Google Play and you can find us when you find us click subscribe and get us delivered hot and fresh every morning Monday through Friday so you can get the latest episode at all times on your that little machine that you're holding in front of you while you're running on the uh, treadmill so uh, I have other things to say but I can't think of them at the moment so please join us here tomorrow <laughs> join us here tomorrow on the Rocketeer Minute so until next time over and out Get him, kid.